Wings for the game. Boom. Cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom. Cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Happy New Year, Sean Gentilly. Can we still say that? What's... Ho, ho, no, ho. No, no, no. <laughs> Wait, what? No. It is it is 2022, uh, the year that's going to change our lives. <laughs> I feel great. I think the last two have changed our lives. For the better, I mean, Sean. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I'm, I'm coming off of a break where I've, I've got some energy. Although we never really took a break. I will say we plowed through it, showed up every Tuesday for the American edition, the only, the best edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. That is what you're listening to, my dear listener, today. We have... My dear my, my dear listeners. My dear. My best friends. Best friends. Especially those a in ha- A happy new year to you and yours. Wow. Um, we, are, we are loaded up today. With a great show. Mm-hmm. First guest is Florida Panthers GM Bill Zito, um, who Florida Panthers pretty good this year. They've done a nice job. Is that is that true? That's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story. Really good. Um, they, he acquired every Sam possible. That was his first order of business on his checklist after being named GM. Like get Sam Bennett, get Sam Reinhardt. Make sure you acquire all of them. Signs Barkov to an extension. Just riding a wave of like high octane, good fun things going down in Florida, which you couldn't yeah. say. All, but anyways, man, they've they've put up with some bullshit too. Oh they've gosh. done a lot of the, they've done a lot of this without Barkov. They got crushed by COVID. Too. I mean, they they were one of the early they were one of the early the early teams that got sewered by it. Right. Well, like here's them, what I say: the, get it done early. Them and the Flaves. I. That's like. We're trying to find like tactful ways to say that. I feel like. <laughs> oh, but that was like, tactful the way I did it. I don't. Maybe we don't even have to be tactful at this okay. point. Like the like the Flames. And I mean, forgive me for speaking of a, of, of a Canadian team, but they're 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 a great example. They have they had twenty guys test positive mm-hmm. or whatever. They're all fine. They don't, they're not going to have to test for the next three months or whatever it is that. It's out. It's out of sight, out of mind. They're not really gonna have to worry about the taxi squad or anything like that. Like, 
they're they're in they're in the catbird seat and there's and there's a few there's a few other teams like that i like to bring it back into the states there was a, mm-hmm. i think one of the college football teams early on got the whole team got it and there was some mm-hmm. i forgot who it was oklahoma or something it was like hey wait a second did you do that on purpose like did you just go ahead and say everyone get like like it's the like 1600s and you're passing around whatever like yeah or uh a more no, we can go with it with a data reference because because the current the, the current reference is probably it's probably inappropriate by me. Um, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's it's gross calculus where where you're potentially especially at college football season you're like potentially risking pre vaccine and stuff, but like it, it is it's it's a consideration. It has to be. Right, like these guys, these guys aren't going to have to worry about daily tests for until the playoffs. Basically, um, that's it. They're they're fine. Our second guest today, two guests, because we're again the less John and I have to yeah, do anything. We hate talking. We hate talking. <laughs> the better, as we all know. <laughs> Gigi Marvin, who the recently retired Gigi Marvin, uh, gold medal winner for the U.S. women's Olympic team hockey team, uh, incredible career. She joins us in the second segment to talk. Uh, we're going to preview a little bit of the women's tournament. Uh, but really, the, the conversation was great because it was like, um, hey, things still aren't great on this front uh, yeah. in terms yeah. of promoting she's the women. Like, she's, she's like, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't fixed it. USA Hockey, a lot of work to do still. Uh, it was. She was great. Yeah, it was a great she conversation. Awesome. We, we probably needed, went we twenty needed. minutes longer than she wanted. No, she was. She, we just kept uh, talking. And it was awesome. And I'm like, oh, that went a half hour. Yeah, yeah. we're looking at the clock. I'm like, oh, we're on, we're on minute thirty six with Gigi, and she is not sick of us yet. So we should maybe we have sh- her back during during the tournament. Literally, like I want. She's got the I, Bobby Ryan treatment now. That's like that's the um, that's the plus side of the NHL players not being not being in the Olympics. And this is something that we talked to her about. Yeah. We, we flat we flat outside this to her, I believe. Like. This is it's it's the women's it's it's the women's tournament's show now. Like this is it. Yeah. We can we can everybody can devote much more attention to that because we don't have to worry about watching uh you know NHL NHL players from Sweden play NHL players from Finland. So just get ready as as the American edition. I mean, we are all on, we are on the US train the women. I mean, that's that's obviously our best uh, international hockey program there it's we we're all in on and we are going to be obnoxious about it when they win gold just fair warning to our canadians when when of course our the goal here is to not actually say the name of a canadian player during during the show same with the nhl i mean yeah it was like we need to we need to just get these out of the way Although we will mention Jonathan Huberto, who's been great when we talked to Flip. Well, right, of course. We have to – there's caveats. So, we got Bill we got Zito. one or the other. We got to – it would be really hard. Um, really quick before we get to Bill, I do want to talk about the New, the New York Rangers who won three straight, look really good, like sneaky good. If, you, if we're pulling up points percentages, which is the only way to do it right now because there's like this seven-game <laughs> gaps between who's – you know, they're – what are they three right now? No, they're fourth in the league. Yeah, um, Florida Panthers. Your Florida Panthers are two, which is my uh, beloved time. Florida Panthers. Which we know behind, behind your, the Carolina your, Hurricanes. Your Carolina Hurricanes. 
Um, uh, are you buying? Wait, so, but, but seriously, but, yeah, but seriously. Yeah, the Rangers. You buying it? Um, I think I'm. I think I'm closer now than I was maybe at the start of the season. They, they it, there was a point where it seemed like they were a little bit of a, and they still are to an extent because Shesterkin's unbelievable. He's been fantastic, and he, he bailed him out consistently at the start of the season. But now he's been hurt for a stretch. You have Georgiev was in net against the Oilers, and he was he was fantastic. I don't know. It, I, I'm I'm still. I, it's insane to, to say that I'm not sold on them. Like I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold. Am I sold on them as like a top one <laughs> or top four team in the league? I'm not sure about that. I think I need to see some more, some more five on five production from them. But the, you watch them last night. You see that you see that they don't a don't have to rely on on Shesterkin every single night, which is something we've learned over the last couple of weeks. You see the Zabanejad line was was unbelievable. You see the production that they're getting from from a lot of other forwards. Chris Kreider, I, I, I said this yeah. somewhere. I feel I feel I feel so bad for Chris Kreider because this was like his Olympic year. Like this is this is the year that a guy like him was going to have a real chance to make that roster after not fitting in last year or the over the last couple of years and probably not having another chance in twenty twenty six or whatever right he's been fantastic he's, he's having a, as far as goal scoring is, is concerned he's having a career year so they're great i i just i need i'm still i don't know the the five on five numbers make me kind of nervous but whatever you know um you know i don't feel bad for chris Kreider. i'll i will always remember chris Kreider as the guy that signed his his uh mm-hmm. it's a seven-year contract right before we discovered covid it was mm-hmm. like he there was. Oh, do you remember that? Shit, like he was on the trade right. block, and he, oh was he going to get dealt? And then he got this huge deal before the economy collapsed, and and everything went sideways. True. And he he came in at a deal that he wouldn't have got. Like, and I and I remember talking to his agent after the fact. Like they acknowledged it. Like this wouldn't have existed three months later. So like like as the door was closing, okay. Chris Kreider slipped. So don't feel too bad for Chris Kreider. I don't feel too bad for I don't I don't feel too bad for Chris Kreider then. Um, so you know what you know what I actually hate Chris <laughs> Kreider. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's 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 jump right into the conversation with Bill Zito because he's he's uh, I've known Bill a long time and uh, excited. I'm happy for his success in Florida. So let's let's have that talk right now. We are now thrilled to be joined by Bill Zito, from, live from Florida, from his office, GM of the Florida Panthers, who, as Sean and I mentioned earlier, have, what do we say, the second best point percentage in all of the second NHL? Second best points percentage in the league, baby. It's going pretty well, Bill, hey? So far, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, thanks for being great here. Great to be here. Yeah. Um. So it's let's we'll start with Florida. Although as we were just just discussing discussing, we have a few other stories we want to bring up in a minute. But um, maybe it seems like the like a little bit of time off came at a good time for you all. Like come out of this whatever we're calling breaks or whatever is happening right now in the world, yeah. and you've won a few in a row. Like what are you seeing right now from the group? Well, yeah, it helped. It helped some of the. Actually, we we had some players who had been stricken with COVID. So that obviously helped, right? When they came back and it helped, you know, we got Barkov back um, and we, uh, Marchmont got healthy um, and then he got COVID. <laughs> so <laughs> poor guy, I wish we could have kind of timed some of these, but um, it's, it's been a fairly resilient group uh, over, over the course of my tenure here. 
where you know we we dip or we bend a little bit and not break and then come back. And different guys have stepped it up, uh, you know, in the absence of other guys. And Sasha was out, and uh, Jonathan Huberto, of course, has stepped it up. And not just Jonathan, but you know, other guys. Um, so it's sort of been uh, leadership and contribution by committee with um, some of the bigger stars stepping in and, and other role players stepping in where other guys have been out. So it's been a, it's been a nice ride so far. I mean, this is, this is like the MVP conversation season for Jonathan Huberdeau. I think like you look at, you look at the way he's played, especially, especially with Barkov out of the lineup his 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 progression over the last few years and i don't want to i don't want to make it sound like you know he's i mean my god he's he's been a really good player for a really long time but just uh, what have you seen what kind of growth have you seen from him over the last few years because you look at what he does for every line he's on you look at how he's meshed with sam with with sam but like there's there's so much there's so much he does for 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 your team and there's so much he's done specifically over the last few months it's interesting you know obviously you know him when you when you're not part of his organization as this uber-skilled player, you know, with hockey sense. And then you get here, um, it's almost a little bit like like Sasha. Until you get to see him every single day, you don't fully appreciate everything about him. And I'm sure you can say that about a lot of players. Um, the thing about Hubie that really comes to mind for me is in our playoff series against Tampa, where he, he took his game to the next level and was throwing body checks, was going F1 and taking checks to make plays, uh, getting involved, uh, showing a physical, um, not only a, f- a physical willingness, a physical ability and how strong he is. Um, uh, stepping up his, 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 just his all around game, his leadership. Um, and he has so many aspects and he has a couple more weapons than his extraordinary skill in hockey sense. But um, he can, he, he turn, he just makes plays out of nothing. And uh, it's, it's funny after the games when you come in and, and watch the room and see guys kind of giggle, how did he do that? <laughs> how did he even think that might be a play? Um, or the coaches after the game said, I was just getting ready to yell at him. And then the puck's in their net. And how, like, how do you, what, what am I supposed to say? Like, it was, it was beautiful. It was great. The guy was open. He tapped him in, in the empty net. And you were going to get mad because how – oh, yeah, it was, it was great. Great pass. Great play. Um, he, uh, he, he recently had a game of five points. And the game prior to that, he was minus one with no points. And uh, we have a little in-game scale. You rate the guys each game, one to five or whatever it is. And that minus one no point game, not not just myself, but a number of people and management coaches had given him a five. And I said, I think I after the game, I said, you know, you got a, a five. I said, that was the best no point minus one game I've ever seen a guy play. I mean, he was awesome. He was all over the ice. Um, he had just come back. It was he had come back from COVID that day. And got his heart clearance, had, had a pregame skate, said, let's go. Um, and was fantastic. And just all the little things that he did, playing positionally, managing pucks, 
Um, he could have had maybe six assists with guys, you know, I think poor Duke, he had, he had set him up and he missed a puck or something, something like that. But um, he, he's, he's just a hockey player, this guy. Mm. Just so I like that process, the, the ratings after the games. Like, what are you, what are you I, looking you know, for in that? All the teams do it. Yeah, no, I know. Sure like, how yeah. much you get out of it, really, but yeah. Um, like, what did you what, what what did you see in that five from him that gave him the five? He, That's the highest, and that's good. Yeah, he played almost a flawless. Like every every decision he made was right when he when he had yeah. to manage the game as opposed to the play it was right. So when you're down three two and you have the puck at the far blue line, you might want to take a chance because you need a goal late in the game. You're up three two. And you're at the far blue line late in the game. Maybe you don't need to take that chance. Get it to, yeah. you know, right? And, and you need to make, you need to play chess as well as engage in this physical activity. Well, you know, he, everything he did was at the right time for the right reasons. And the, and the skill passes that he made and just guys didn't bury it or it didn't work out or the goalie made fantastic saves and, he got back and played defense and box shots and his penalty kill was great. It just, it's just a, an all around great game. It's always, it's always interesting to me to hear people with orgs talk about like process versus results, right? Where you got to, you got to find a way to weigh how a guy's playing versus, versus, versus the end result. And I think that's, that's to me is, is, is what makes your team so dangerous and so interesting is that the underlying numbers are great and the process seems to be strong, but also, I mean, we just said you second points percentage and whatever the results, the results are there as well. So I don't know. Is that a, is that a, an ongoing kind of, um, how, how do you, how do you weigh that as an, as an organization? Like, especially from like a stat standpoint, like y- yes, you gotta, you gotta focus on the process, but make sure the results kind of follow. I, I don't know. It's, it's just always interesting kind of balance to see. How like how, how teams strike it? I think if you have the right process, mm-hmm. and and then you you execute that process correctly, then the results are going to follow. And if they don't, well, then you have to fix the process and get and get the right one, right? Isn't that? And so, yeah, you you'll 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 lose the odd game and it'll fail every once in a while. But if you have the right personnel and the right process for them. That's what you want to do. Get the consistency and keep doing it right over and over. And you have to look for us. We have to look no further than Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Game in and game out. They're going to be consistent. They're going to do, you know, they're going to do it their way um, for, for their personnel, which is the correct, you know, the right way. And they're pretty consistent the way they do it. And when they do it, they're very effective. And that's, that's, what, that's what we try to do. And, and a lot of other teams might not be the same system or the same, but it's the same idea, the same process. And you guys probably know in journalism, you probably do the same thing, right? You try to write, you know, you try to create the article, you try to, whatever the narrative is or however you do it, you try to keep doing it a certain way and, and hopefully have success with it. So, so I want to hear your journalism process. Can you take us no, through your process? You know what I mean? No, so I, I, no I'm really. I'm just making fun of Sean that year. I, yeah. I, I, I don't say that. I don't say it lightheartedly. I say, you know, you want it to be entertaining and informative, right? Yeah. You have to have certain elements to the way you write, and you have to have clarity and your your grammar. You want, right? Yeah. Otherwise, no, yeah, you have to you have to get re- you have to get really lucky and just kind of fall ass backwards and do a pretty good job, and then you know. 
you just do it for 35 years. That's, that's the, that's, that's no, my plan. But you guys, you're, you're missing my point. It's difficult every single day mm-hmm. to draft, uh, you know, to, con- to continually write articles that are, that people want to read. Um, you can get information that people want to know about, but to deliver that message consistently in a certain mm-hmm. way, you need to have a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, so. how much is that process change under Andrew Brunette? Like what, what has he brought mm-hmm. to the table? It, that, that's a, that's interesting, and it's a it's a it's fluid. I would say right now, yeah. initially not a whole lot, right? We hadn't lost a game, mm-hmm. and uh, so Andrew came in, and it was it was a it was a difficult situation for us, mm-hmm. uh, for everybody emotionally, um, and it wasn't like anything really needed to be fixed, and so we were. He was slowly, uber slowly, if you will. Um, just managing the situation, if you will. Then now he's beginning to implement his own fingerprint on the process, right? Where maybe he'll, now, it's important to understand that Andrew and Q are very, very close personally and professionally. So Andrew had a pretty significant role in a lot of things, i.e. the power play, the breakout, a lot of the systems and a lot of the way things were done here. Anyway, so that which he's doing now is probably what he would have done anyway, right? Originally with Q. Um, mm-hmm. So um, he's done a very good job, I think, um, communicating with the guys, letting them know how he operates, how he communicates, what his expectations are, Um how he deals with failure to meet his expectations, um, how he would communicate when he's dissatisfied with things. Um, and, uh, and it's a process. And he's done that all in the face of this rather unique COVID situation that we face yeah. that I think is different from, from last year. We didn't have any cases, right? We were all in the bubble and it was now, I mean, you don't day to day. You don't know who you're going to have. You don't know players, coaches, staff. Who's in? Who's out? What's happening? And um, and he he lost his captain for several weeks right at the beginning of his tenure. So um, hopefully, we can get some consistency of lineup for him to be able to really sink his teeth into. Perhaps it's a bad word to use normal, but some type of normal roster schedule and coaching. Was there like one precipitating event that made him feel that, that made him start putting his, his own stamp on the process more? Like was it was it Barkov? It's like first first time out, or was it just a, was it just a matter of time? Was it just a matter of I don't know being I, in that I, role, I, being in that role for long enough to get acclimated, or did something I don't know shake it, loose? It, you'd have to ask him, but it's yeah. a pretty tight coaching group, mm-hmm. and and um, with with a lot of communication, a lot of open communication, um, and um. I think a lot of really 
open communication with the players, you know, the leadership group to the coaches are back and forth. Um, so I, I can't pinpoint a seminal moment. He, he may be able to, and it may be something subtle that really is really important to him that he, he, he never really shared, but the, we just kind of kept going and kept going and, um, there've been some little subtle changes and maybe reassignment of responsibilities here and there, but for the most part, we just keep on going and, um, it's been great. It's been great. What, there was a lot of speculation in the moment. I mean, you know, John Tortorello really well, like that was a name that came up. What, what was that decision process like for you, Bill? I didn't talk to anybody. Really? I, you know, in the, in the moment, um, it was it, it was a very very difficult time for for the organization for myself um, for everybody involved and uh, the initial thought was well someone has to coach the game tomorrow and uh, so okay well I think Andrew's the guy I um, spoke to him um, yeah and then um, the more I thought about it was listen we uh we really don't don't need uh, <laughs> to be fixed yeah, it's, not, yeah. Like, it's not a traditional replacement of a and this is a very very capable very smart uh hockey man like a solid leader everybody respects him everybody likes him i had a conversation with him you know is this you know, something you want to do yes i can handle this spoke to joel is this something you think? Yes. And uh, so wasn't taken lightly or anything like that. But I it, if, if you were here and you understood it, it's a it's a good fit. It's uh, absolutely worth pursuing. Hmm. So if hmm. if the team came out for those first couple games with him after after he made that decision and they just look and they look flat, is that when is that when the change would happen? Or or well, was no, he or was I he mean, the guy I, or was or was he the guy from the general? I don't know. I mean, I can't speculate on what ifs. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I can't, I can't answer that. Um, but, uh, I, I, I can tell you, I believe in him and I mm -hmm. think he's not. And from what I've seen, it just, he continues to evolve and get better and better every day. And, um, I've really enjoyed so far, um, learning with him and working with him. My, so you got a team that's very much in the mix. We're getting close to my favorite time of the year, which is the trade deadline. But you did some business in the off season, so you've you've already moved your first pretty good deal in in Reinhardt. What do you like? What, what's your mentality going with where this team is at with the weird year? Um, it's not a traditional anything. Like, what do, what do you see your approach being in the next? stretch here in terms of addressing rosters, doing all the things GMs do. Yeah. Um, we're getting ready for our pro meetings and um, anything we can do to, uh, to improve, we'll do. Um, I mean, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, it makes sense to, and we always want to get better. Um, we don't want to do things, obviously, that are foolish, but um, if we think that we could do something that'll, that'll make us better, we're going to do it. 
And along those lines, is it like a win now moment for the Florida Panthers in your mind? You know, it, I, it, it could be. I mean, if someone says, do you want Connor McDavid? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You, know, I, you should do that. You know, like, it, it's great. You, can, <laughs> you have to take every situation, right, and evaluate it for what it is. Consider the both the short and long-term implications of it and make a decision. Yeah. Would we try to do things in the short term uh, to try to make us better for this season that may have – um, great short-term implications and, and uh, less savory longer-term implications? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Uh, would we um, love to do a deal that has wonderful short-term implications and also great long-term implications? Yeah. Uh, would we um, even do a deal that's just okay short-term and really great long-term? Yeah. You know, sure. Would we prefer to do a deal like, like you guys know the answers to all yeah. this. Yeah. Unless and until there's something that's right in front of us that we know and I could re react and respond to it. It's really hard because, um, you know, the truth is, look, we're going to do anything and everything we can to help ourselves this year and minimize how should I say the long-term potential cost? Yeah. That, that would make yeah. it just so draconian that you couldn't do it. Right. Right. This year, even, I mean, it, it's, it's tough to say because it's been two years since we've had a normal season, <laughs> whatever, three years at this point, but like how good of a sense do you think GMs have of how good their teams are like now right now relative to the past. Like, I, I don't, I don't, that's fat. That, that's a, that's a tough thing for me to parse. You look at just how up and down and some teams have played 35 games and some teams have played 24 and some teams have been healthy and some teams haven't. How do you weigh all that, all those different factors as a, as a manager um, in coming up with like a clear eyed view of how good your team is or is not? Good question. Um, is it just a matter of waiting out another another month? Like I, I, you know, I don't know that there can be a general answer to that because almost mm -hmm. by definition of the, the question itself, right? Some teams have played fewer games, and then the, the, the significant injuries to those teams, so they may have a completely different um, prism from which to make their decisions. And you can't apply whatever my answer would be. Uh, you know, for, for us, I think we have a pretty good handle because our core is pretty much the same as it was last year. Mm -hmm. So now I've got almost 80 games or so to see how these guys play and interact. Um, so I have a pretty good idea, at least of how the core is. Um, you know, we added, we added Sam Reinhardt, who's a, you know, you know, one of the one of the top six guys, and you know, um, but maybe maybe someone else might not have as many guys together as long as our guys have been. I, I, so I don't know. Mm. It's kind of a tough one. 
All right, we hit our we're squeezed for time, and we've already pushed our limit with you, Billy. So oh. we'll save all of our um, Tim Thomas questions for uh-huh. part two of this <laughs> interview when we can do that another time. But thanks for doing this, Billy. It's good to oh, see you. You're welcome. Nice to see you guys. And uh, best of luck navigating everything you're navigating. Thank you very much. Oh boy, good luck. Happy New Year. They've got a good thing that they're going in, in Florida. Your your team, the Florida Panthers. My team. They're fun to watch, yeah. man. That's a that's a that's a really really deep team. Uh, and you look at the moves that Bill's made. Honestly, like this the stamp that he's put on that organization. It's easy. It's easy to come in and win when you have Sasha Barkov and Jonathan Uberdo and whatever. But mm. has Bennett it really looks happened? Like he was, I mean, it's easy to say it that they've been around no, a while I know. now. Exactly. I, I, totally. Sam Bennett is is a trade that looks like it's paid off. Sam Reinhardt paying off. Mackenzie Weger, guys like that. He's they might be a wagon. I and they're in in most of all, they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, they they are, are the ESPN Plus team of the month for 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 us. In the uh, watchability rankings, in the Dimitri, yeah. they're they're way, way up, way up, up there. there. What you should there, do, baby. Yep, they should all be. Right, let's start a break, and we will be right back. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey, boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking a W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game-changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Wings for the game. Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey. Boom, cash back. Even a last minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look, in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees? Period. I'm telling you, this one is a game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. We are now thrilled to be joined by the recently retired... Oh, so jealous of that statement. My goodness. I'm jealous lately of the multiple uh, Olympic medals and, you know, world championship golds. But being retired, Gigi Marvin, my goodness, how does it feel? Can you articulate the retired life? Well, you know, right after I announced that retirement, uh, my brother pulled me out of retirement to play in the War Road High School alumni game. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty fun. Um, But yeah, I, it was kind of, um, it's a lot. Like, I mean, retiring from Team USA, I played with the national team for 13 years. And ever since I was 10 years old and saw the 98 women win Olympic gold medal like that, that was what my dream was. And so it's, it's very difficult saying like shifting into non-athletic, non-high level competitive life. But um, I'm super grateful for the incredible team that I had and the teammates and just all the experiences. I mean, hockey is such a small world. I swear I walk in any rink, regardless of where I am in the world. And you, you have a connection from somewhere yeah. back in your playing days. How'd you do in the uh, alumni game? 
Did you light them up? You know, I'm not going to lie. We crushed it. <laughs> I, I personally requested for my brother to be my line mate. He put me on the other team. They lost. I'm just going to put that out there, but <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. My little nephew was so bummed. He was, he was cheering for daddy. And I'm like, listen, he, he had the decision. He could have came on the winning team, but <laughs> that's, I mean, that's his call. Did Oshi show up or was it, or was it, or is it just you? He's not, he's not, he's, no, not, he's, not, he's not the phase in his career to, to, to be playing in, in, in the war road, in the war road alumni games yet. Right. I think there's a little bit more going on as the NHL was kind of shutting down with all the COVID issues. So, uh, so uh, we wanted to have you on for an, a number of reasons. One, most, I mean, just to say congratulations and reflect on an incredible career. And, um, I mean, just, uh, you know, a remarkable time in the history of the sport in, in the impact that you made and your, the group made. And I'd like to get into that. And also, um, you know, to look ahead to the Olympics a little, I mean, you know, these, these are your teammates and uh, you mentioned it when we were talking offline a little bit about, you know, seeing them at the winter classic, what was, what was it like to see them and, and what are they feeling right now going into these Olympics? It was a lot of fun to see them and, you know, target field in game did a fantastic job mm -hmm. announcing them. And I come to find out that that's not what was shown on TV, that the way that they did it was not at all what we experienced in target field. And so that's pretty disappointing because I thought they did outstanding. They had a, they introduced every single player, had a variety of different graphics up, was able to highlight the incredible skill they had, especially, of course, the Minnesota homegrown mm -hmm. girls, which we all loved. And so it's, uh, of course, there's a lot of difficulties surrounding and anxiety surrounding the Olympics, but to consider and think through what those women have accomplished and being in their journey and in their life, I'm, I was like so pumped and so proud of those guys and can't wait to cheer for them in about a month. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact, yeah, why, like, how hard would it have been to televise that? Can we not, can we just do one thing right? That's yeah. all. You know, I didn't, yeah, and I never saw the video. I didn't see the live feed. I heard from a bunch of people that they kind of had someone talking over it. It was weird. And it wasn't, <laughs> and it wasn't an American. It was weird. Um, and so I just, it's, it's not that hard to show a face, show a name, show a roster, and then move to the next space and show a name and show like where they're from. Hey, two-time Olympian, Hannah Brandt. Um, but that's about, I'm not in charge of that. I was just a fan cheering. So uh, it's frustrating. It's like, anyways. Um, yeah. It's I like you look at it. I mean, this group not only is dealing with all of the anxieties and stress and pressure that comes with the normal Olympics, there's everything, you know, all the reasons that the NHL players aren't going. Do you sense any like, you know, additional anxiety or how, how are they excuse me, compartmentalizing it as, as athletes? Wow. That was hard to say. Wow. My yeah. goodness. Jeez, why was that so tough? Caramelizing. Because I, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> how, how, are they, anything. How, are they how are they caramelizing as athletes? <laughs> They're caramelizing. Well, picking up a few caramelized rolls. Uh, <laughs> you know, to be an Olympian, you're, pretty skilled mentally to compartmentalize and you know everyone knows how physically demanding it is but no one really talks about how insanely challenging mentally it is and so this is just another aspect of that and not to say it's good or bad to compartmentalize but you know their job is to play hockey just like mine was in three day in uh, the past three olympics and you know there's always a lot of buzz around in olympics there's it always ramps up the anxiety whether we were in russia whether we were in south korea there's something that seemed to always amp up and then the mm -hmm. second you got there 
it dissipated. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the media, it seems, is kind of geared towards doing. And so within our team, as I'm sure they're doing right now, is just kind of focusing and keeping on the main thing, the main thing. Like you already have enough. It's already enough to think, hey, my entire life is around this one game to be the best. I only have four years. It's not every single year. It's four years. And I've had that dream since they were, I don't know, some, I was 10. And so you think about that. It's, it's, I had to wait for my Olympics to get a gold medal at 12 years. Like, I mean, it's just pretty crazy to think about. You have to wait 12 years and you only have three chances. Whereas a lot of other sports, you get it every year. So in my, so of course there's a lot of different things around it, but knowing these girls so well, I think, um, you know, they're doing everything that they possibly can to control what they can control and adjust and adapt when they need to. Um, it's a it's a, a roster that's loaded with, you know, familiar names and veterans that we know. But I like that it's got some it's got some youth and and so I think it's they said eight first time Olympians. Is, is there anybody that you're looking forward to or you you're predicting is going to have a breakout Olympics that, you know, will be a household name by the end of it? Hmm. You know, household name. I don't know about that. I, I haven't thought too much about that. I'm still thinking just like, I know, uh, like the girl so well, like I was so pumped. Haley Skimura, she, you know, she's someone I've been played with for a while and just cheering for her. She's a first timer. Jinsey Don, she's wearing my number 19, going to be cheering for her. And so, uh, I love her. And she was actually, um, in 2014, she was the youngest player selected on our pre-Olympic roster. And so she stepped mm-hmm. by me in the locker room. And I just, I mean, she has just incredible faith, great character. I mean, she was only like 17. Ugh. And the grind we go through, you're just, she was, she ended up being cut in November. But I have so much respect for who she is and what she's able to endure. And so I'm pretty pumped about those two. Those two are the first, I guess, that would come to mind. People that I, I'm like knowing their story and their journey, I can't even wait to cheer for them yeah that, that, that's great. also kind of like are they the they're sort of like the first wave of players who who grew up watching you guys who, who grew up watching that generation like you and hillary and megan and, and and whoever else like i i it's it's cool to see that the transition was kind of in place when you see it's like 13 and 9 or whatever whatever the breakdown is between like returning players and new players I mean, that's that's something that Cami Granado talked about last week, too. Just having that sort of, you know, having that sense of history and that, and that sense of pipeline. So, I, I, I don't know. what's What was that like you, I guess, phasing into as, as kind of a senior member of the team and seeing, you know, the girls you inspired come up? It, yeah, it's, it's pretty um, surreal because you yourself experienced that. So, like, my first players I played with that I was like, holy smokes, these guys are incredible. It was Chrissy Wendell, Natalie Darwitz. And to be on the same line as them playing in the world championships, you're like, oh gosh, you know, <laughs> you can't screw up. Like these are the best players in the world. And then fast forward, you know, 10, 12 years of already being on the team for quite a while. And then, so you know what they feel like. And so I think, <clears throat> or what they're going through. And I thought our teammates, the ones that I grew up with, I uh, did a phenomenal job welcoming them and actually um, creating a culture where they're valued. And they find mm-hmm. that immediately. Cause I think, there are some cultures and some teams and locker rooms that say, you know, we're the best because we're the veterans. You don't talk, you know, mind your own manners, like kind of wait by the way, the sidelines. And we're like, you know, what? they're the best for a reason, whether they're 14 or uh, 18 or they're 26. Like, why not get them comfortable and have them play the best possible 
version of themselves every night on the ice. And so it's uh, hopefully they felt that hopefully they felt very welcomed and appreciated. And, you know, I get what it's like competing against players you grew up or competing with players. You grew up just like kind of watching and thinking they're the incredible, but Hopefully they felt a little bit more comfortable <laughs> than some of us did rolling into the team. <laughs> That's great. Uh, one of the things that you've said is, and you kind of hinted at it earlier, um, is I, I think media or outsiders don't appreciate kind of the mental strain and the and um, you said emotional complexity that goes into competing mm-hmm. at this level. Can you articulate more? Like, can you explain, try to try to kind of shed some light into what that means to you and, and, and really how you, how you power through that? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, everyone can think about like the difficulty of performing at your, your best or the thought of, you know, you're always being evaluated. A coach is constantly mm-hmm. there, but I think the number one challenge that I don't think people quite understand, especially for a woman hockey player is, we kind of go through two Olympic tryouts. So there's one in about May, let's say where they invite the top 40 players and it's just a week fitness testing practices games, but that's a piece of cake because they nominate that they name a roster, but then they always pick two to four players who they're going to cut. So you have seven months leading to Olympics where you have no idea when you're going to get cut. And so not only do you have to be the absolute best and mentally respond quickly after a mistake and apply new concepts, apply new um, strategies, handle injuries, handle shuffling lines, but you constantly have that fear and that wondering of, am I going to make it? Am I going to show up in the locker room? There's so many times we came, not so many, there's only two to four cuts, but there, you never knew. Sometimes you come off a bus, off a road trip, and all of a sudden the player's gone pulled aside into the, cl- the coaching room and they're gone. Sometimes we'd go to practice and it happened where the, their stall is just cleaned out and, and you just, the gravity of the moment set in. And so I think realizing that not only are we trying to be the absolute best we can be, but we are emotionally trying to handle the, the performance aspect, the fear of failure, the, am I going to get cut? Did I do enough? But also the dynamic of, I need to help my team be the best so that America wins a gold medal. But my teammate, like they might go to the Olympics and not me. So do I help them? Do I not? How do I handle that complexity of, you know, yes, I want the team to win because the only time way I'm going to win a gold medal is if the team wins. However, what if I help them and that's what sets them off to go on a tear and then I'm stuck at home. So you have these internal battles, of course, like any human does because we're inherently you know, you want the best for yourself, but I'm just so, you know, my teammates were just incredible as how they recognize that, you know, this is a real thing. Let's just call a spade a spade. Let's call it out and say, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. We have no idea if the person sitting next to you is going to make it or not, but we did a pretty solid job of keeping, knowing that the team is greater than ourselves and we are part of something bigger than ourselves and recognizing that everything we did we can't control who's going to be on the team. And so do you choose right now to help and encourage? And because you had a decision, what you're going to do is either going to help a team or it's not. And if you look at it from that kind of, you know, remove the emotions as hard as it is, it makes it a little bit easier. And then you kind of just work from there. But I don't think that's probably easily the, the most challenging thing is recognizing that, Hey, there's a, that internal battle within you and that fear of, goodness, I don't know if I get off this bus, if I am going to the locker room or if I'm going to get cut, you know, like, cause it's, 
you just don't know, which in my mind, I'm like, that's the craziest thing to live through. Like you're already under enough stress and pressure. Well, why not just select a team and let's roll and, but yeah, I'm just I, Can I raise that question? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. not just select the team and let's <laughs> yeah, roll? Like, that, that I feel is like great... this is unnecessary, this extra layer of <laughs> yeah, stress and anxiety. Like... Well, not only that, but what's funny is, in t- well, it's not funny, but in 2018, they, they did that. So in May, oh. they technically named 23 players. Well, then they're like, uh, actually, it's Halloween. We're going to bring in one more player and all of you are on the hot seat. And then Thanksgiving rolls around in 2017. They're like, you know what? I think we're going to bring two more players in. And we're just like... Yeah. All right. Like, all right. Make how about Great. how about three? How about five? Yeah. Let's just keep. So, yeah. Well, oh, why goodness. stop at three? Why not bring another twenty in and like have us all like? And so it, they ended up sending three home that they initially told me the team. And oh, so there's so God. many mental crazy gymnastics. Like I, I just I don't. Yeah. There's so many things mentally that an athlete needs to either compartmentalize, but um, hopefully not necessarily compartmentalized because that's going to, I mean, it comes up later in life and you're, you hear about it now a little bit more, but like, it's not an easy thing to go through handling and avoiding or avoiding kind of all this pain and this fear and this, but yeah, it's, Hey, we want a gold medal despite I mean, all those. Challenges, so That's so I've always contended you you all want a gold medal in spite of a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like we can say maybe that worked or you know what I mean? Like I would argue like the things you all had to overcome to win that gold is just monumental. Like the distractions yeah. and what you had to accomplish and fight for. I, I, it's one of the greatest accomplishments in American sports history. And I don't know if people like it. I know we appreciate it, mm-hmm. but I don't like the, the hurdles that seem to be unnecessarily put in front of you <laughs> to uh-huh. get there is, it's just well, remarkable to me. And if you go back, so the Olympic tryouts were in 20, the first wave of them um, was in 2017 in May, two months prior to that in April or end of March is when we boycotted mm-hmm. USA hockey because of the way that they treat women and girls. And so not only are your athletes training to be an Olympian and enduring this sort of process in what it takes to be a gold medal, but they're also like constantly aware and recognizing the massive discrepancies between the two genders and, and constantly working overtime, trying to just get heard, not even right. really change yet. Cause you have to get heard first. And then hopefully there might be some systemic change coming. And so you think about that one year, which was less than a calendar year from that change with girls and women's hockey in us in America to winning a gold medal. I mean, a lot of people are, that's what I'm most proud about. Like, yes, winning an Olympic medal is the most important thing, but I hope that, you know, my niece and my nephew, they're, they're just like me and my brother growing up together. The discrepancies are like vastly different for them. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to la- that's a lasting impact. Yes. It's pretty cool to win a gold medal and inspire that kind of confidence and dreams for young kids, but to, to hopefully have an organization create such change in how they develop, think about train, um, pre- uh, market, for their girls and women. I, I hope that that 
I, I know that that'll be much more long lasting than, yeah. um, I just, I, I think it's amazing that, that you talked about compartmentalization for like five minutes and didn't. All right. You guys are really showing off and just throwing that word out in yeah. now various <laughs> forms. Okay. Cartmentalization or whatever, whatever you called it earlier. It's, it's amazing that, that you talked, that you talked about compartmentalizing as an athlete without even going into the fact that you had a fight for equity and equality during an Olympic cycle like that, like that, with that, our own yes, yes, that, <laughs> that was also something that was on your mind when you're like, uh, am I, am I, am I going to have a spot on the roster? Who am I fighting against to, to, yeah. to make this team? And also, by the way, uh, we're battling, we're battling against, 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 against our own Jersey for, for fair treatment. Yeah. I, that's just still, I don't even know if I have a question. I'm just like piggybacking on what, <laughs> on what, on what Craig said. Like they're just, they're just, they're bringing, they're bringing out the hurdles and, and, and throwing them in front of you. I mean, but there, there really is. I can't think of a better example than that. You want to talk about compartmentalization? Holy, holy shit. Mm. <laughs> I know. And it's, yeah, and it's, which is why. Uh, I think you can appreciate how much I respect my teammates. Yes. Like it's, it's one thing to handle kind of some of these different external factors, but to handle the internal challenges and then to just come face to face my entire life, my teammates entire life, seeing the massive differences, like at every single level of what is afforded to my brother versus myself and, and recognizing that, yes, there's a difference because they started at different points. hundred percent. I get that. That's not what we're saying, but there comes a point where you recognize, Hey, I, I, you know what, this program has been in existence for a while. Maybe we should try to think outside the box or actually think in general about how to make this program better or how to add more developmental games, how to add I mean, that's kind of what you usually think about is how can I grow and expand upon this product and invest? And you see that done in one avenue, but it's not even existed very, it's not too existent in the other avenue. And so, yeah, I have the most respect for those incredible women to not only sacri uh, sacrifice their own body and mind to make the team better, but more importantly, sacrifice so much of their energy, what they might've risked in order to make the entire game better and make hundreds of millions of girls and women have a completely different experience than hopefully we experienced. Sean and I talk a lot about like USA hockey or the NHL. There's times where you can do what's right and also do what's right for like business reasons. And like, this is such an, like we, we see, you see it in college athletes now in, in women's sports with the, the likeness, the ability to get sponsors and there, there's huge interest. Like people can't get it. And it's like, Oh, when you just open it up to the public to decide and not have any restrictions on it, people are super interested and they, they want to connect with these athletes. And so here you have, it's so easy. It just, it doesn't seem so like easy, yeah. I, I don't, it's so easy and it's so frustrating. I mean, certainly more frustrating to you than me but like like i just find it so perplexing so like and not to like beat a dead horse but do you, you i mean you guys advanced the ball a long way at usa hockey and we we've, we've been critical of the organization where do you think it is now or where do you think the biggest area opportunity for growth on the women's side is with with us with usa hockey yeah well i think just continuing just looking at the overall development of creating games. Um, I think that's something that we, I mean, I, 
had played nine games. You get it all year for the national team. And that was the same basically since like 19, I don't have the numbers, but like in the nineties, right. We have and made no growth. 2017. <laughs> and we're like, listen, <laughs> it's been a while now that we've been playing under this nine game format. I think we need to play a little bit more. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. maybe. And so there, there's been definitely changes with that, but like anything regarding say even something simple, like video, how often can you just hit in YouTube, Google, like, even a fourth not name, fourth liner NHL player and find tons of clips, right? Right. I, you Google Hannah Brandt, Hillary Knight, the best players in the world, and you can't find video access to that. There's not much database as far as stats. There's, And I'm really grateful because of the people I work for. Um, on, I, I'm a broadcaster now with Minnesota Wild and Valley right. Sports, and the producers are incredible. They, they want to highlight the players that I played with and like the women's game. And so but it's difficult because we're going back and there's no video access that like I played for 13 years and you can't just Google <laughs> the level. video clips. Like oh. it's in, so it's just little things like that. Or when you, you know, you go to the NHL and you click like say Matt Zuccarello and there's a ton that just pop immediately under his name, not just video clips, press conferences, like different random promotional things. You go to the USA website and you click on a name, what comes up? Maybe a picture, a mugshot. So, those are seriously that that sort of stuff is. I, I think it's really important to to keep highlighting those kind of bits of inequality and inequity because I think those are the things that sort of hammer home the stuff that your team and you coming up face with versus versus the men's. Like I, I, I and it's not. It's not even, it's not 22 years ago or whatever, whenever Cami Granado had to wear like a men's cut, sw- like sweatsuit or whatever. It, it's not, it's not quite at that point. It's not like th- there's no flights and whatever, but hearing that stuff laid out, something like you guys don't have good YouTube clips of yourself. Like that is, that to me is so, so, so important to kind of hammer home exactly the stuff you guys, the, 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 the stuff, the stuff like women and girls are, are fighting for here. Cause there's something really illustrative about it. So is, is there anything else? Is there any other crazy thing that you kind of experienced in the last five years <laughs> no, where you're just there, like, how, yeah. how is this, how is this a thing? <laughs> there definitely are. But like you bring up an interesting point that reminds me of an email. Actually, I had a conversation and some conversations I've had with just dads who coach. There's one guy I was talking to. He's a peewee coach down here in Minnesota. He has one girl on his team and he asked his players, he said, Hey, who's your favorite NHL player or who's your favorite hockey player? And of course the boys rattle off names left and right. He gets to his only girl who's insanely skilled. He tells me, and he goes, she goes, I couldn't even name one. And it's, I'm like, I get that. I know that. Like, think about how many, just yourself think how many women hockey players can you name? How many women just athletes in general, can you name and and bring that to the level of like a 10 year old girl what is the message they're feeding? What are they getting? What are they seeing on TV? What are they seeing on their phone? Where's the access at and where are the YouTube clips at, right? And so if you think about it, and when I was 10, before the Olympics happened in 1998, that was literally me. 20 some years ago, that was me where I could rattle off every single Avalanche player. I was like a diehard Avs fan. I could like name all the like legends of the past. You know, they celebrate their history. We barely even know our history with team USA. 
And so here we are 20 some years later, and that is such a common theme where you don't know still yet we have even of those nine games a year, you have nine games a year where you have clips that could be easily recycled. Think about how many times people rewatch those, like what were they in the nineties? Like those biggest hits videos. Yeah. <laughs> how many times did we rewatch that same VHS, right? Absolutely. How hard is it for someone in, in my mind? I'm like fighting for someone who has video access to all these international clips from USA hockey. And they just say, Hey, we're just going to go back to even 20, 2006, Gigi's first year on the national team. And we're just going to put every single, di- we're going to find different clips of each of the players and just put them out there. And then we're going to go to 2007 and then put it out. Then we're going to go like, it's there. We have nine games a year, right? Like we at <laughs> least have something. And that to me, I know I'm making fun a little bit, but we can start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. And so that to me, hopefully in 22 years, I don't have a parent being like, listen, I coach a kid who's a girl. She's incredible. There's no one to look for. Cause I can't Google it. I can't <laughs> find it. There's not much access. Like I'm hoping that's not the case in 20 some years as they hopefully will watch four more Olympic teams, win a gold medal with the U S flag on their, cre- on their, ch- on their chest. And like, I literally was up late last night and I didn't sleep because I'm sitting there emailing him being like, you have no idea how much I want to just, can I call you and just talk right. to you? Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel, I hear what this girl is going through and I know what you're going through right now. Yeah. You're like, I'm, I'm going to call you right after I try to figure out how to edit, how to edit YouTube videos and put this shit online <laughs> myself because, because this is, because this, exactly. because this I'm is like, insane. I have access to some of my video. I'm like, <laughs> If only I was a video genius and could somehow upload them and provide clips of Hillary Knight and Kendall Coyne and Brianna Decker and Casey Bellamy. I'm oh, like, yeah, no, I know. If, even if we just had like a minute, if, that would be wonderful. If only there was some organization that could maybe do that for you, you know? <laughs> if only there was some infrastructure in oh place who could, who could possibly put that on the internet for, for, for and you. So, like, and that's what it always comes down to, right? Where it's like, then it becomes, it's on the backs of the, the women to have to do it themselves. Like, I like I remember talking to the twins or, or somebody during the, um, the fight against USA Hockey and they were like, we designed our own logos and like, they were doing the graphic design or even like the promote, like... The, the 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 amount of things you you all did in your era over the top over and beyond what was asked of hockey players even just from promoting the game like I I brought my daughter to a game in at USA Hockey Arena and every player stayed after and sat on a table and signed autographs yeah. for every single person in the building like that that was the, I mean maybe you wanted to but that was the expectation and and like imagine like that's nobody's asking the bed after the arena clears out okay like, after right, your game right. set up Over here's there. your table here's some mini sticks and yeah. get signing until and get a picture with every kid and i know you all probably did it out of the love and, and you wanted to but like it's always fallen i it's it's well, the men, the men have the option the not to not to care about that. They have the option not to right, not to give right. a shit Whereas and leave. Women, it's like you need to grow the game, right? Which a hundred percent we do, but I think more so, or not a hundred percent. Yes, that's the, the correct message. I think it's the wrong way to. I think people think you have to do it in order to. I don't think it's a give and a take or either or. But as far as signing autographs, I think it's just a genuine love from. My, I know my teammates and I's heart, like we just love seeing the kids. We, we were that girl. And just thinking about, um, even with this video access, like that I've been mentioning, 
you know, I've actually had some really good conversations with USA hockey about how they want. Uh, I mean, the, so there is change for sure. It's not what it was, yeah. you know, a while ago. And I'm actually just because of the, the retirement ceremony that we were supposed to have, um, had awesome conversations and telling them, Hey, I get to work with the wild and they have awesome producers who want to incorporate some of these videos. And so they're, that's all, that's very helpful. Like to have the language from the top, um, our GM and our PR guy, uh, wanting to circulate some of this and giving release for video access. Um, so it's definitely progress and step in the right direction, which I'm super grateful for. And the girls have said that they're, they've seen change within the organization on the national team as well. So, um, it's, it's good. And there can, you know, can be better. There's more. more. (laughs) It's good. And it can get like infinitely better. I imagine. Um, all right. I don't know. We've taken way too much of your time. So, <laughs> like, is there because because you're in a reflective moment of your life, right? You're retiring, you know, 13 years with the program. Like, is there? Do you have as you sit and think back? Is do you have that moment for you that like you're gonna you're gonna cherish the rest of your life that you'll never forget that means the most to you? Well, there's a. I mean, I don't know if I can say the most to you, but like a meeting that my teammates and I had um, with the USA executives, like during that, that definitely comes to mind. And then another... Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I, we no. can't just skate right by that. <laughs> well, so well, which, well, which one like do you want to... significant of like, hey, this is just... Yeah, like this is a really important thing and it's worth... We don't know if we'll, we'll even be invited to that Olympic trial in five and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. We don't know if we'll go to worlds. We don't know if we'll ever get to play again, but it's worth it. My niece is worth this. The kids I don't know is worth it. And so that memory comes to mind, just seeing the resilience and resolve in my teammates face and then realizing like, yeah, like our GM and our, the president and like, they're like, Hey, yeah, absolutely. You know, just that, that says a lot to be able to come together and, and see, Hey, yeah, this is going to be something that's very important to us from both sides and let's work toward it. But so as far as like off the ice and then on the ice, hands down, winning the gold medal and like that was unreal. Yeah. Every moment from it. I mean, I had six friends who somehow ended up right behind Zabados. Oh my God. Like the videos (laughs) that they have, I'm like, and my family is in the stands. Like somehow my mom gets on the ice, sister-in-law, like everyone comes on the ice and it was so much fun. And like, you're just, you're just, you just, I can't, you can't even believe it. It, I think I was the last one to get out of the box. Cause I was so stunned. Cause it took Joss. It seemed like forever to go score. And then Maddie <laughs> saved it, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it happened. We, like, Oh my gosh. Uh. <laughs> it was like 12 years. Like I said, like you have to wait four years for your first one and then another four. And then we lost in overtime. And then four years later, here we are. It didn't just take one game. It didn't just take overtime. It didn't just take a shootout. It took sudden death in the shootout. Like crazy. How much more time can we put this thing? Like off? what is after that? <laughs> what comes after sudden death? In the shootout? <laughs> how, how can we escalate this even further? Exactly. Uh, well, congratulations. Well, I mean, an, an unreal career. And I'm, you know, I, I can tell you're not done. I don't know what you have coming next, but I know you'll, you'll make, continue to make an impact. So thank you so much for doing this. And congratulations again. Thanks, guys. It was great chatting awesome. with you. It was awesome. Thank you. Uh, so Gigi gets the open invite for all time, right, John? Yep. Yeah. That's right. 
she was. The show should just be. You know what? <laughs> the show should just be her and Bobby Ryan. Just get us out of there completely. We're talking about we're talking about replacing one of us with Bobby Ryan last week. No, You're replacing both of us with Bobby Ryan and Gigi Marvin. That, and Gigi Marvin. What, I mean, what could be more American? I mean, they're actually accomplished Americans in the hockey space. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, not, I mean, not that I have to give it the caveat. They're accomplished Americans, period. Um, in the hockey and only, space. Only in the hockey space. Bobby Ryan outside of hockey. What has he done? Wow. What a <laughs> Do something with your life, Bobby. Jesus Christ. Uh, she's great. Gigi, yeah. you are welcome back anytime, always, every segment. Um, thank you. Please, Please. bail us out. <laughs> We will be back uh, for our favorite segment of of the week. The only good segment. That's right. <laughs> Your questions from the reader comments on the app. You got, you got, the, you got the name correct. Way Did to I? go. Thank you. Yep. We'll be right back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This is the portion of the show where we go to the app, to the athletic app. And again, you guys are champs for doing this. I know it's a lot of fun for everybody, you know. Go to the athletic app. Mm-hmm. Tap listen. Oh, you're going to actually do it. You're going to take us through. Tap NHL. Mm-hmm. Tap the athletic hockey show. Uh-huh. Scroll down to our last episode. <laughs> it's the Winter you know? Classic Yager Salute with Mike Rupp. That's right. Details. So, comments. This would be the Bill Zito, GG Marvin episode. That was how, how mm-hmm. you would identify it. Oh, sure. Can we get our name on the, lo- like, somewhere, either on the logo or this is, this is I don't beyond. Know if I, we I are the most popular com- show. I publicly complained about that a couple weeks Did ago. Did you file a, at the, do, don't we have something at work where we can file, like, complaints? Like an HR complaint? Yeah, like an HR gonna, complaint. That's right. I'm going to talk to, I'm gonna talk to Mike G about hey, this. Is he on the line? <laughs> I'm going to. That's great. No, you guys are, you guys are the best. I, I love, someone said last week that you can always tell which episodes are ours because they're the ones that actually have comments. That's right. Monday. <laughs> um, and you guys, you guys never, you guys never, never, never disappoint there. Even over a holiday weekend. Man, this is a reminder of how good Rupp was last week, by the way. He was awesome. Yeah, we're glancing through these. Rupp is dominating. Mike, if you didn't listen, don't... Again, as we always say, skip all of Sean and Mm -hmm. my parts. Go right to the Mm -hmm. interview. Listen to Mike Rupp to hear, at the very least, his Yager stories. Like, who knew? I'm like, we we asked about the salute, as one does when you have Mike Rupp on the show. Who knew there was like an... Maybe one-sided arch rivalry there. That it came out of spite? Yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody knew that. 
<sighs> um, man, you guys, you guys killed it. We're, we'll start. We'll start at the top with Carlos. So, you know what my favorite thing about the Monday show is? It means I'm only one day away from the Tuesday show. <laughs> Calling out Haley and Ian. Take that, Ian. Julian was on was on the Monday show yesterday. Julian McKenzie. Yeah. Oh, he's he got and, some uh, podcast type good. Yeah, I, it's. I, I'm just glad he could make some time to schedule to to make the first podcast appearance of his life. <laughs> Julian McKenzie, and he talked some shit. Talk some shit Julie on me. Did? I believe you referred to me as just a guy. Oh. Just a guy. You know, and then Haley laughed. Don't appreciate any of it. So that's why I'm reading this nasty comment about how bad the Monday show is. Wow. We'll see. Hey, Will. Welcome back. Will C says, gonna need to get a Rupp Danbury Trashers jersey now. I still haven't watched that doc, by the way. I haven't either. Didn't some there was like a long form Danbury Trashers doc, wasn't there? Yeah, Am I going crazy? I, you know, I think you're right. It, that that reminds me. I was listening to um, a Ringer Pod. They were talking about the top five sports movies of all time, and they said uh-huh. the gap. Simmons claimed the gap between one uh, and the hockey space slap shot and two, whatever that might be, is gigantic. I don't think that's true. Like, what I mean, have, I guess Slapshot would be one, but I, pres- oh, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I guess. What do you have as number two? I don't know. I mean, is, are you allowed to say like the Mighty Ducks? Like, it's a fu- like, are those not serious enough or are they kid movies? I think, the, I think it- the first Mighty Ducks is much less of a kid movie than the, than this, than the second one. Yeah. Like the first, the, the first one is just, it's Bad News Bears on Ice, but Bad News Bears is not a kid's movie. That's right. Necessarily. It's just, it's just a, it's just a funny movie. I just don't um, think the, the other, gap is that large. Is what I'm saying. What would you? What would be no. your two? Are we going to just concede one to Slapshot? I guess. How about this for for a kind of alternate discussion? Did you see that thing going around where it was you replace the cast of one movie with Muppets except for one person? <laughs> no. Okay. It was like it's like a, it was like a tweet prompt where it's like think of a movie, mm-hmm. replace the cast with Muppets, okay. except you keep one live, like like one human cast member. Okay. Do it with Slapshot. But do you keep Paul Newman as the human, or you just, or do you keep the guy that plays Ned Braden as the human? Well, I mean, I think it's Paul Newman because Paul Newman was great. Yeah, yeah I know, but Probably like having 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 the human be the. Having the human be the one where th- that, that like observes all the chaos is is also a funny part of Muppet movies. So you either keep the yeah, villain, yeah, yeah. Or, you either keep the villain or like the straight man, like the Danny Noonan type in Caddyshack. Did we talk about this? Because so Cormick again is he's been on a Muppets kick, like just oh, that's great. Dove full in, like is obsessed, and so we did all the Muppet Christmas movies over Christmas, and we watched uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, which wasn't oh, yeah. good. It really wasn't. Like I'm a huge Muppets person. It was fine. Um, with, my, with Michael Caine? Listen, Michael Caine never broke character. He was so, like, I was dying. At, like, he he was treating it like it was Hamlet. Absolutely. It was, that's, like, what, that's that, what made that's it what amazing. But good. it wasn't, like, I it wasn't, like, entertained like I am uh, with other Muppet movies. Mm. But See, Michael Caine was that's amazing. Like, like that's, that's what you need age, from the human. That's the age gap between the two of us is that I saw, I saw Muppet Christmas Carol in theaters when I was, like, six or whatever. So, to me, it's like... It's like it's it's the I, I can't imagine I can't imagine crapping on that. But I'm Michael Caine should have gotten. I just said it wasn't great. But Michael Caine, you said it, you, Michael Caine should have got an Oscar. Should have got like 
I just loved how serious, like when you've got Muppets around you and, you know, whatever. And That's it. It was, it, he just, he, there was never like a wink or anything. It was, no. I My, am Michael off. Michael Caine's straight face interacting with Sweetums on, on the. <laughs> so easy. All right. Sorry. Jesus, we get sidetracked. Okay. Is that the first yeah, question? Whatever. Yeah. Um, since this is the USA show, this is from Sarah L. <coughs> Sarah L, excuse me. Since you, this is the USA show, could we get some USA women's Olympic team guests and content pretty please? Yes. No? Sarah, my friend, you are in luck, uh, and it's going to continue. And this is no, this is obviously isn't a one-off for with Gigi. We're going to try to keep keep cycling, keep cycling those those folks in. In fact, Gigi gets her own segment every every week. I, again, she's just going to take over the show completely, and then we don't have to do this anymore. Eric G writes, "Heck of a job as always." Anywho. Quick question for you two, as you've both been to a bunch of outdoor games. I'm a Lightning fan living in Orlando and have been considering going to the Stadium Series game. I'd have to sit in the cheap seats, and even those aren't that cheap. I'm curious if you think it's actually worth going. I've heard these things are kind of terrible. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Is it worth going as a fan? Here's what I would say. Yes. Mm. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone how to spend their money. I, I like look. If you don't, I'm actually not a big go go to sporting events. I'd w- way rather watch a bunch, get my friends in the living room or whatever. Like that's where I've landed in life. But mm-hmm. if you like events and you want to like make a day of it and tailgate and uh, like the hockey, it, the sight line's probably going to be terrible. So you have to you have to accept that. You might not be able to actually see what's going on. But I've always enjoyed the spectacle of the outdoor games. Although I don't think I've been to a stadium series games. I've been to all the winter classics until the last couple of years. I've never done. I don't, I'm just going to assume it's the same. It's got the same vibe. So I would say yes. I'm a yes. Depending on the cost. Yeah, I've, um, oh man, I, I think that's one of those things where if you're thinking about going to it, you might as well pull the trigger on it. Like, like if you're, if you're on the fence on something like that, this is, this is Eric. You should probably, you should probably go. Yeah. But then I would also say that you'll probably have it out of your system after the first one. You'll be like, like it's, I it's got cool. It. It's cool. It's a good experience. You're going to be like, I, I get it. But those are, those are what the outdoor games exist for. They exist for, especially stadium series games. They exist for the people who are there. Yeah. They exist, that's they really exist, it. They, they exist for, the, for the cities where they're held and the, and the fan bases that are involved. Also, I would say like my, we, were, we were watching the Winter Classic and my wife was like, oh, I love the outdoor game. She's because she, as we'd mentioned earlier, she, we, she's come on a couple of those trips and she's like, "What? A, it's such a great event. I love these games. She's never gone mm-hmm. to one. She's just been around all the periphery, like where you walk around and they have the rink set up and like just if, all like the, the partying that goes around. Like if that's... The vi- if, if you can, if you have a, if it, it feels like the vibe, I mean, it's Florida, whatever. It feels like the, the vibe would be good. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably worth it. I mean, yes. Um, I don't know if that's at night. I don't know if, is, is that game at night? I don't know, Sean. How much, how much better, how much better, what, what I don't like these on? games, these games are aesthetically so much, but I would much rather go to go to a stadium series game at night than one that starts like at, at three in, in the afternoon. Yeah, that's fair. The night starts are the night starts are really cool. I yeah, Eric. I, I think if you're if you're thinking about it, it's probably it's probably worth it. But report back. I want actually. I would like you to go and then find your way back into the comments section, Eric, and give us. I would like a full report. If nothing else, if nothing, if nothing else, the scene's going to be fun. And if you're into the tailgating scene or whatever, I'm sure there'll be places to. In fact, you, know. you can have segment two as well, Eric. If you go. yeah, and and segment one and win one interview. <laughs> 
from Tim L. I'd like to see a guest brought on the show, then wait until said guest is deep into a compelling story, then play the Oscar wrap it up music. Oh I believe gosh. this would be worth the reaction. You know, we kind of have our own version of the wrap it up music where we start talking to each other uh, and completely <laughs> ignore the person we're interviewing, which is kind of which is kind of their signal to get out of there, get lost. Um, I made. I went to see because we asked for people to go onto Apple Pods or wherever you listen to review, and I'm like, oh, did anybody listen? You know, you're always curious. Does anybody review? And I went and, <laughs> and I went and was reading the reviews. Hey, don't ever do this, but it's good, I, and I appreciate everyone that gave five star reviews. And if you haven't, please do so. Um, but one said it was like listening to a bunch of drunks talking over each other. Gave it like a one star review. I'm not saying could, that was I mean, our show. In fairness, in fairness, they could, they could have been talking about anybody. It could have been any show. <laughs> it must have been the it Jack could have Hughes been, interview. It could have been Haley and Ian. You never know. No way. It was Ian's such a pro. I bet you Ian has never talked over anyone in his life. He's, he is a pro's pro. Whereas you and I, that's our, that's our Oscar music. Like someone's story goes long, we just start cracking jokes. You know what else? I, here, here's what I think. I think they mix us up. With that damn Corey Pronman. Oh, Corey talks the very, the very mysterious Corey Pronman. Here's what I'll say about Corey. If he has to get something off, if he has to say something, he will you're not. Done. Like, he's not going to wait till you're done. To, like, he mm-hmm. has to say it. Like, Corey just, he's like, he just has to get it out. Yeah, he, or else he'll die. <laughs> that's right. He's a, he's, he's a steamroller. That's, that's why we love him. Oh, Tynan. E. Tynan's back. Regular. Friend of the mm-hmm. show. Uh, can we get a Tuesday episode poster? And then, then get rubbed sign it with Monday show sucks. That's amazing. Great episode. That's a great comment. That might be the or, comment of the or, week. Or we get, so I found that picture. Rupp told a story about how it was a, it was a photo of him fighting Aaron Ashum when Ashum was on the Flyers, and and someone signed. Someone asked him to sign Flyers suck. A, a, a Penguins fan. And he did, didn't want to do ended it. Up, ended up on eBay. It was you know he got goaded into it basically. I found that I found the photo for sure. I was trying to find like one of the copies of you know of Flyer Suck written in Mike Rupp's handwriting that, that that he was pissed about. Could not could not find you couldn't that. Find the Flyer Suck, yeah. No, but I did find the actual eight and a half by eleven like glossy photo. So I'm thinking maybe someone should just Photoshop our faces onto under Rupp <laughs> under Rupp and Ashum. We're <laughs> slugging each other. I will sign anything, by the way. If you ask with me anything, to inscribed inscribed mm-hmm. with anything, right. I have no no scruples. When do it little, comes to do that. little do little drawings. I don't care. Michael K. Rupp was fun to have on. Love the Yager stories. And no, Will is not the only one. You guys have the best American hockey podcast. Oh, and Craig, go blue. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. How'd it go? You know what? Wolverines. This was probably Michael K. Probably wrote this right before they got their shit kicked uh, in the college football playoff. I would so. say that's probably true. Yeah, I'm looking Yet at the Yet another humiliating loss for the University of Michigan in football, Michael. Sorry, sorry about it. Oh, you can work And then he asked for he asked for Luke, Luke Hughes or Maddie Maddie Beniers on the show to have fun with Craig. We we uh Luke's the only Luke's the only member of the Hughes family that we that we haven't spoken. I'm to. a little gun shy after the Quinn interview. I don't know. I've never. I don't think. I've, why? What? Why? What happened with Quinn? It, um, it just wasn't. It didn't have the free flowing Hughes. Hughes this is a complete aside. I was in Petoskey, Michigan, and I swore I saw Jack and Ellen Hughes at a t- downtown Petoskey, like, tiny little gift shop. And this is when you know you've, like, you're too immersed in the world. Like, when you start seeing people that you think 
You know what I mean? Like you go to the airport oh, and you feel like there's oh, Jim Rutherford and there's yeah, and it's there's Mike and it's like no, like not everyone around you is the hockey people you deal with. Like there's also people. Excuse out me, there. excuse me, sir and madam. Your baby looks like yeah. Everybody looks isn't, like yes. uh, looks like Doug Armstrong or whatever. I have I, yeah. I, I seem to project. Maybe it was them, and if it was, sorry, I didn't say hello. I had my mask on and hat pulled down because I don't want being, anyone being recognizing very, me in Potosi. Yeah. <laughs> Sunglasses up. You wear a trench coat. That's right. That's how I travel. Um, Michael K. Is is, oh, is that one Michael K. Also, notice the Canadians can't do shows between Christmas and New Year's. It's a fact. It's because they're celebrating Canadian Valentine's Day. That's right. All the other shows. We do have to give props to Rob Pizzo on the Wednesday show for showing up. Only Canadian to actually show up for work this week. Wow. Hmm. It's because of Boxing Day. Is Boxing Day celebrated in the U.S.? Uh, I believe we got a – I think we got kind of a day off for it. Haley, Haley, and, uh, Haley and Ian Certainly. had the 26th off. I, I don't think the American athletic employees got that day. Oh, another <laughs> Michael K. Um, and Julian and Haley calling the octopus a squid that Detroit throws had me livid. That can't be right. I, th- that like I think that's on – On purpose? I, I would bet that's on purpose. That's part of that – the subtle shade you can expect from those two. I'm telling you, they were they were causing they were starting all sorts of shit on on the Monday sh- on, on on the Monday. You show. might have to listen one time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan C. Tuesday show already trying to take Canadians to play for Team USA mm, with Owen true. Power. Thank you, Jonathan, for not letting that mistake slide by because I because I looked at Owen Power 10 seconds before that and have no filter between my brain and my mouth. That was on the Chris Peters uh, roster projection. She had you guys in the Monday show. That's what John, that's what Jonathan said. Here's what i uh-huh. We are – so, Canadians are finally getting smart and they're playing college hockey because mm-hmm. they value the, the U.S. educational system. That's what I'm pres- – only assumption I can make there. Um, and they're getting out of that, you know, the crooked – Canadian Hockey League system that's oh, absolutely. brutal. Um, they're they're leaving they're leaving the exploitative Canadian Junior hockey system mm-hmm. for the for the much altruism mm-hmm. student athlete. That's right. Wonderful experience of <laughs> of of the NCAA. So I can see that's you know typically if you're playing college hockey, you're an American. I would say generally in our lifetimes. So maybe now this influx of Canadians that are, we, and we've seen it more often, um, it, you know, and it, maybe that's why you made that mistake. It's I, I guess you made the assumption that someone was playing for Michigan. No, they, I was, they must say, be I was like I was just skipping around. I didn't even ex- assume. I knew that Owen. I knew that Owen Power was an American. I was just like talking out of my ass and, and 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 I had moved on to to P- I was starting to talk about Peter's Canadian roster and yeah it was a bad I don't know what I'm doing like that's that's what this is all that's what this all comes down to I'm bad at this so it was it was un, it was unclear and, and confusing and Mike G so. or my, or, sorry Jonathan C will not let it slide which I appreciate it's right don't no, ever let just, anything no, slide when it comes no, to any of us making mistakes hold holding us accountable baby Mike H writes and this is our last one Gentilly, more like Jen Silly. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Is that what kids called you in elementary school? No. Hmm. You can probably you can probably guess. Gentilly? Oh yeah. Yep. 
I could probably take, probably take a stab at it. I was, you know, I was in um, cool. School? No, I, no, I was, I was about to say, I had it pretty easy in school. Mm-hmm. I was, I was never, I was never bullied or anything because I, because I was cool. You were, was you cool. were the guy doing the bullying. I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, you should, you should, you should have seen the stuff, the stuff I was doing. Oh, brother, very mean. De- de- definitely, definitely not a sensitive little kid at all. No, 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 not me. Not you. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure you listen to Mike Russo's podcast. He recaps a great winter classic with Kenny Albert, Darren Pang, Keith Jones, Jamie Hirsch, Mike Rupp on this week's edition of Straight from the Source. So, Who's that? so here we are. We, we think we're good, get, good getting two guests on our show. Russo's like, I'm just going to have nine guests on my show. It, that's the, that's this week? Okay. So, I, I, I got to listen to that because I got to see how they – is it a panel discussion? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> how did he? How did he fit all this? All, all this? All this stuff in? I'm fascinated to see it. I would also say if you can make up for the guy that says we talk over each other and give us a one star and says it sounds like drunks at a bar again could have been for any day of the week. Go to your favorite podcast platform and rate this episode. Isn't or, isn't that what people look for in a podcast? Like drunks talking over each other. Just like kind of sitting around bullshitting at a bar i that's about all i can me. do i hope so i hope that's what people look for look for because that is one of my only <laughs> that's one of the only clubs i have in the bag I, I can't do much else than that um if you want extra bonus editions you can subscribe to the athletic audio plus on apple podcasts you get all the bonus content from our entire network occasionally sean and i pipe in with our own bonus episodes Oh, you know what I want to do, Sean? Complete aside. I want to do one of those live rooms on our app where people can just listen to us yeah, live. Okay. Yeah, we can. I had we, that we thought. Should, we should, I don't know why we haven't done one. They're fun. I don't either. I You've saw done the, one, I right? saw the, I saw Nesbitt and, and Rob Stephen Nesbitt and Rob Beer Temple did one did one last week and um yeah I'm in. They're fun. I I me me and Mendez did a did a t- kind of a test run yeah. when we were working on all that and it was it was good. Um, if you want to listen to the, that, that was. Completely uh, organic there. Uh, you you got to have the Athletic app and you can get the Athletic subscription for just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. No Wednesday show this week. Um, but Thursday show mm. featuring Ian Mendez. I like Ian on Thursdays with Down Goes Brown. Sean's other mm. arch rival. Mm. Well, how can we never talk about the Thursday show? It's the Cold War. Between me oh, and Mac and do. Oh, oh, we don't even mention it. No, 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 no. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy New Year. Let's make 2022 the greatest year of all time. <laughs> oh, you're not going to add anything. You look like you no, want to no, say no, something. I, I, I was. I, I just thought that was. I thought that was just a funny way to end it. Like, yeah, that, and that is. A, that is a personal guarantee from from Craig Cousins. I if guarantee. Oh yes, I guarantee it. If 2022 sucks. He will give you your money back. (laughs) Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.